Hello, once again, and welcome to Moral High Ground. Today, I'm going to be talking about well, pretty much the conversation I had with a gentleman, a guy I work with, people think he might become a serial killer, whatever, but I'm going to talk about it because it kind of woke me up to thinking about a certain things. Okay, there's this thing going around about certain species of animals. Now, I know this is a little odd, but this episode we're going to call us about, oh, you know, is humans a superior species? And if so, do they have right to determine what species can exist in one species? Now, this man decided to tell me this thing about horses. Now he was having this conversation with me because he's a pretty intellectual guy. I am myself. This is why he decided to talk to me about things. We went from one topic to the next as we worked down this line. And this time he was talking about, you know, well, first we were talking about kinetic energy which he didn't think I knew what he was talking about until he started going on and I said, like, you mean kinetic energy? But, anyway, the whole thing was he started mentioning horses, how irrelevant they were to Americans and the society and pretty much the world. And I'm saying, you know, that's not true. Horses have value. They're still going to be needed for so many things. And... You know, usually I'm thinking, you know, it never, never really occurred to me. I never thought, like, okay, we don't need horses anymore. When actually we do. And, I mean, we do because there's farmers who probably doesn't have enough money to afford a tractor or, you know, certain things. And you need a horse to pull stuff, you know, to help, you know, get fertilizer, things like that. You know, I'm not saying cut them up and kill them and make them fertilizer. But that was his argument. That was his thing of saying that that's what they need to do. And I'm like, this is wrong. And he went on about talking about a, a group of wild horses that were given to America from a certain place. So if he didn't know what horses that was, I explained that it was Mustangs. You know, because, well, I know my Western cowboy history. <laughs> pretty much old American history, but he went on about how useless it is, these wild horses running around, people kill them off for, you know, glue, horse glue, which I don't think that's a thing anymore, but you can make so many different proxies and uh, compounds to glue things, but, you know, oh, I remember now, so the way it really occurred was this, we were having a conversation about the place we worked at, and it used to be an old racetrack, it used to be one of the biggest racetracks in Portland, and it got destroyed to become Amazon, and I was telling them about how I remember going there with my uncle, and learning about horse betting and stuff, at the same time, they had the Metallica concert when I was like 16 or 17 there. Metallica and Alice in Chains and, oh, I forget who else. It's been such a long time. But, 
they were all there, and it was a good show. But at the same time, like I said, he used to have the horse track, and you know, people would bet on them. And so he was going around, well, people still bet on horses, and I'm like, yeah, of course, why not? That's how it started with him saying that horses are irrelevant, they have no jobs, no purposes, no need to be alive in American culture. And I'm thinking, you're an asshole. I want to see horses. I want to see people ride horses. I want to walk out in the woods, even if there is, you know, they're saying wild horses deserve to be eliminated before farm horses. And I'm thinking, no, they don't need to be eliminated because it would be cool to walk out in the woods and you see a horse just run up real quick and eat an apple or something off a tree, whatever, you know. And at the same time, you know, I want to see horses in movies. I want to see a talking horse. I really used to love the hell out of Mr. Ed. And, uh, you know, whatever. I know it sounds stupid, but yeah, I want to see these things. And this guy, was whole, you know, whole thing was about that species is irrelevant. It's a dumb species. When most of the time I see horses to be very intelligent creature. Very intelligent, very, uh, you know, agile and gentle type of thing. They don't really, they're not a really aggressive creature. They don't really eat meat. They're a vegetarian type creature, which is means it's easier to feed them, easier for them to populate. And, well, not easy. The game make it look simple like magic. Like, it was easy to feed them, but if you got them in the wild, yeah, they're going to eat things in the wild and woods. And they can live like that without having to eat other animals. So, you know, I was trying to explain to him that there's a need for horses, there's a need for them beyond racing, there's a need for them in acting and when people do historical films, there's a need for them when people are trying to use them, like I said, on the farm to pull things that would help, you know. You know, like they got a big load of stuff, but they don't got a truck. You know, you got you gonna do put them on a wagon and have a horse move it. It's just that simple. Or you're gonna actually have a horse that can help, uh, you know, make lines or whatever in the, in the soil and make uh, a garden or whatever. I forget what you call that thing right now, where you push it and it, you know, opens up a. Uh, a line or whatever to be able to plant through a plow, I guess you say it's a plow. But you know, then they have like the horses used to be used to move uh, fire trucks and things like that. Plus, you got horses in parades and so many different things. You know, horses can't really be abolished, and this guy was talking about abolishing them, but then. And it makes him talking about this, you know, start thinking, hey, I was born the year of the horse, okay? And I'm pretty damn stubborn sometimes. Mm, maybe most of the time, because I'm set in my ways. But with that being said, I'm born the year of the horse. I want to start trying to defend horses if this is going to happen. I want to see horses eliminated. I want to see people running around wiping out the species. And then once I thought of that, I was like, what gives people the right to want to wipe out a whole species? What makes them feel that they're more better and capable of surviving than any other species on this planet? 
obviously we do have a financial crisis and an economic crisis, more like the economic, you know, financial thing. It's all tied together, but the little thing I'm saying is the climate change crap. It proves once again, I mean, look at all the stuff I just mentioned, there's three things to this alone. So that humans are incapable of understanding how to take care of themselves and how to take care of each other. It just makes no sense that you would waste your time trying to, you know, wipe out every other species when you can't control your own species. I mean, it's just downright terrifying to think that a species is incapable of trying to love itself, love others, ununderstanding of anything, causing chaos, ultimately destroying things just because they feel the need to, or in other ways, just, you know, doesn't show any true emotion for its own species, its own kind, you know, and it's totally trying to make it look like every other version of that species, you know, when I say version, I mean like, how we consider ourselves racist, you know, we got white race, the black race, the Mexican, all this, you know, our Hispanic race, the Latin race, Asians, and Pacific Islanders, you know, Caucasian people more than anything, see these as different humans, when it's all human, but it's the one to wipe out humans with some of the higher species, a higher being, a alien of God would come and want to wipe out the human species, man, they're not looking at the color of the skin, they're looking at what the hell are these walking creatures doing, running around, acting important when there's other things that be done, you know, other things that could be done to help their own planet, any things they could be doing to species. So, I'm thinking this guy's a species. He doesn't like horses, you know. And if so, I want to be the first, one of the first people to come together or bring people together to try to save horses. Because it's so part of our history to go so far back in American culture, not just American culture, world culture. I mean, you got it. Paul Revere on a horse, you know, without him being on a horse, you know, hell, who knows what would happen, you know what I mean, the whole civil revolution, the whole thing would just been a story without Paul Revere, it sounds like, doesn't make sense, you know, like, wow, I mean, you can go back to Napoleon being on a horse, you can go back beyond that, so on and so forth. Everybody, especially big people in history, are known for riding horses. So you get rid of all these horses, then those stories don't seem to make sense anymore. There's not too many people can tame a wild beast. No. There is horses, there's a breed of horses that does let you break them in easy. But there's a lot of horses that will not be allowed to be broken in and can ultimately hurt somebody, you know. 
Now, this might sound weird, but you know Superman, Christopher Reeves, you know, he fell off a horse, he injured himself, he bad, you know, pretty much broke his whole body. And people were like at the time, around my area anyway, were like, he's Superman, how could he fall off a horse, hurt himself? But at the same time, they were like, how could he go ride horses? The horse is bad, you know? Nobody rides horses. You know, I remember this conversation. And like that's why nobody rides horses because they're unpredictable and all this, you know. And I think it just comes to a big connection, you know. Now I'm gonna admit something. Okay. I'm a Heartland fan, okay. I like this show. Okay. I watched it, I like how girl Amy or whatever character is in the horses, she has a psychic bond with the horses, and I learned a hell of a lot about horses watching her show. I mean, I'll be there, and by watching it, you know, I assumed that it gave me more of a comfort, because before I just like, okay, these horses ride them, do this and that, but now I know certain things you're supposed to eat because of the show how you're supposed to get their awareness, get their uh, trust, and so many other things that show talks about horses. And I think it's really good that they did that because now if somebody wanted to interact with that species, they understand them. But it makes no sense that humans think they're the ultimate predator the apex predator that they can just walk in and wipe out a whole species and eliminate them just because they feel that they're unworthy what makes humans worthy of survival I mean I see a lot of bitter miserable wicked demented people out there and no one eliminates them they're like oh let's give them a chance I'm being I'm being empathy and and I'm caring and loving and no, you're just being an enabler and you're letting these people get away with murder. And so, when it comes to another species, I don't think humans should run around deciding what should be eliminated, what shouldn't, because God put us here to make sure to multiply, be fruitful, and multiply. That means us. That's what comes to us breeding and making more, but at the same time, he put us here to tend to a garden, and the garden of Eden, which was to help grow plants and stuff, which I assume nature, you know, even though the species was, the animals were created a little different later, I would assume that, that, that they're tied in together with the garden, because that's where we find most of our animals, is in the wild, in a the garden, they're in the woods, that's some kind of garden. They're out there in the fields, it's still a type of a garden. So, why in the hell would the humans want to destroy this whole species? They shouldn't want to. They should be able to help that species grow, repopulate, and continue to grow and populate, and find more ways to continue to, I mean, one thing I can say is this, okay, animals are important. 
you might say, how are they important? They're just animals. They're just a dumb species. I have, I have a problem with people hit animals or want to do things to animals now. I understand I'm not a vegetarian now. I want that to be said, but I have done things to try to be vegetarian. I went two weeks one time, and this is because of the story of uh, Daniel in the Bible, where him, Meshach, and Abednego uh, was in the kingdom of Babylonia, and they were supposed to eat the king's delicacies. They wouldn't eat the king's delicacies because the king was feeding the pigs the enemies of the kingdom. We're feeding them, you know, the bodies and the pigs are eating them. And then the pigs would get slaughtered and cooked up and fed to the people. And that was the king's delicacy. And so they were like, nope, we want vegetables and water. And that's all we want. For 10 days, that's all they did. We drank water and vegetables. And they became the more smarter and more healthiest persons. People, as I said, in the whole kingdom. And, I mean, that right there alone says that we should meet, you know, meet and stuff. And I'll be honest, I felt a lot healthier and powerful when I did this. And, you know, I'm trying to find tricks of the trade to do it, thinking dry fruits and vegetables. So far, I just had some dry vegetable combo thing I bought recently that, you know, was like, okay, this He's like kind of like a little spearman trying to figure out what tastes good. Oh, this is a beet and it's, and it's dried out. That's a little hard, like, <laughs> you know, or it doesn't care. Instead, I figured out if you put it in with your noodles, it rehydrates and hey, it tastes good. <laughs> so, there's a beneficial property there. You know, I think it's a real good beneficial property. But, going back to what I'm saying about horses and the species. I mean, this guy that I was talking to didn't even realize that there's still rodeos going on. And I had to explain to him about something that recently happened on the news where a rodeo person died. Uh, tragically, he's a young guy and he died in the middle of a rodeo and people were talking about it. And you know, his girlfriend, I think it was, that was on the news, was talking about how she was really going to miss him because he wasn't a rodeo. Now, rodeos, uh, racetrack, or horse track, as I said, and other forms of farming, these horses are needed. Now, we don't have the circus too much anymore, which is sad. That's another thing that's gone, that's sad. It's like the whole culture thing that's just disappeared. And the fact that these things are gone, circus part of God shows that lack of interest. So when it was a time come when you have a lack of interest in, you know, so many things that's important that meant something. It shows a strong connection. And like I said, these animals, animals are important. How long until we decide that no animal on this planet is they are very important to our survival, our connection, our bond with them is highly important and shall always be important because we share a symbiote circle. If we get rid of one species, another species will either overpopulate 
or it will die off too. So the problem with this is trying to make sure that every species has an opportunity for survival. Now there's some species that are deadlier in nature that have become apex predators. There's some species that will try to eliminate all species. And there's species that are just so weak, it's hard to keep them surviving, keep their survival rates going. And this is a thing that's, you know, it's very complex how it comes to different species. Like, one species I was complaining about, well, talking about for a while, is the ocelot cat. That from America here, it's a, it's a wild cat that is pretty much like a little tiny tiger or whatever. But it lives in the trees. It's American-born wild animal. Now most people don't know about this ocelot. Why? Because no one talks about them. They talk about the bigger cats. They talk about the bobcat. They talk about lions, tigers, uh, cheetahs. You know all that, but they never talk about the ocelot. You even hear about the lynx a lot. The lynx cat, you know. And I think that it's another species that needs to be preserved because I mean, it goes so far back in the American you know, nature. And I guess there's always a mountain lion or cougars or whatever, you know. But yeah, all these animals deserve to be here. Maybe the mountain lions or the ocelots and cougars of the world, even bobcats are all out there eating something that we don't know about. Now, I have to say it this way because there's things in this world. I don't care how much technology you have. I don't care how much people you think you can find. I don't care what satellites you got. There's stuff that you can't see because Earth has its own secrets, its own binding contract with God. Let's put it that way. Because think about it, God could destroy the Earth whenever He wanted to. So Genesis, it's all over the place. It's just about because it's a connection. People with God had. Think about the story of Noah. Okay, Noah was the only one that knew the flood was going to happen. Well, it was a real party and carried on like there wasn't nothing going on. Like humans are the ultimate thing that can just do what it wants. But God already knew the world was going to be destroyed. The world knew it was about to have a big impact. And yet, you know, Noah was the only man that knew. While the rest of society decided that it was a fun time to do whatever they want, learning things from their forms, partying. You know, angels and stuff like that. Chaos and chaos, you know, just raising chaos. You know, bloodshed and all kinds of things. So they was eliminated. They wiped out. God didn't like it. Trying to start over. We're at that time now where we need to start over. We need to eliminate certain things. And not like when I say eliminate things, I don't mean animal species. Understand that's just the point of this conversation is to support animal species that's dying off around the world. And I believe it can be done just to support animal species. And so I'm saying that 
mankind needs to start over on different planets. And that time is coming soon because so much hatred, so much wickedness. There's no way our species is more superior to animals walking in fields and everything. They got themselves figured out. They could probably talk to us too, but they look at us like, oh, they're marked. Think about it. The market came. Read the book of the Bible. This generation goes far and wide before they talk about Adam and his uh, bloodline. Even though he is part of their bloodline, you know, Cain was the first two sons, you know, Adam, I mean, Cain and Abel. And then Adam, you know, banishes Cain and he gets the mark of Cain. But the whole thing about it is that. You know, Cain's bloodline starts going down their name. These females that supposedly they hooked up with, and thing goes down and down and down. One created music, one created, you know, you know what bloodline creates blood, you know. And then out of nowhere, they talk about Seth being born, and then they start talking about the bloodline from Seth all the way down to Noah, you know. And, you know, it's just there's a message within the message, in between the message. You have to look it up. Adam is mad, Seth makes a point in it, uh, you know, all the way down to Noah, which means rest, uh, comes down preaching uh, despairing rest or something like that, and they were talking, and with that message is being said, because that's what the meaning of their names are, uh, they're talking about Jesus, which like I said, so there's a message within the message, between the message, inside the message, and here's the message. We need to preserve Earth and all its glory. We preserve things. We need to overpopulate things. You know, forget this consumption thing and this disposable nature that America has now. And I, I can't talk this. These days I'll get something that might be you know, an apple or orange or whatever. I'll throw the course away or you know pears or whatever. At the same time, it's like. Oh, I got something as a rapper, you know. Naturally, I think about throwing in the trash, but in, instinctively, sometimes when I open it, something depending on if I'm hungry or I'm excited about it, whatever, I'll just throw the wrapper somewhere. So it's like a, a catch 22 or mixed up combination in between thing with me where one part of my nature wants to throw it away, the other part of it wants to re you know, recycle it. Either way, it's getting thrown away. <laughs> Is uh, that's the truth. But with this all being said, I'm gonna take a quick break, and we'll get back on this subject. Okay, so we're back, and here's where I'm going with this. There needs to be. They already keep track of what's going to become extinct or endangered, and they focus on that. Some groups like Greenpeace and PETA, they go about protesting and carrying on. I think it's just a way to make themselves seem important. But I want to see a group that actually, now I'm not talking like, um, I can't remember the woman's name. 
because you know they got this thing the animal kingdom thing or whatever that thing was with the animal king or lion king or whatever the hell that was but, uh, but there's this woman I forget the name of the movie she was in a movie called Roar was attacked by a lion and then she opened a whole uh, sanctuary to help big cats and uh, breed them and the thing was they weren't able to breed good enough to be able to fit into society or whatnot. But I figure I figure if you I mean the predators are something different. I mean it's hard to preserve predators, but smaller creatures maybe. And um this conversation I had with this guy also went into fishes too and he was talking about how so many different fish species are dying off and the number of people outnumber fish now so practically to feed uh, what was he like a family I think I'm trying to remember exactly the way this guy phrased it but it was something like to feed a society of people or something like that that's like half of a river or some crap of fish and I'm thinking hmm there's hatcheries where they hatch fish, they grow fish, but they, yeah, they're, they're unable to survive in a certain type of way and whatnot. You know, it'd be a different way if you can make a hatchery inside a middle of a river bed and be able, once the fish obtain a growth, let them down the river bed and let them flow into the ocean or whatever. You know, there's, there's ways rivers connect the oceans and stuff. Maybe make hatcheries that way and be able to do it and do it with salmon because they spill so many different eggs, they do it with so many different uh, sperm from the gazelle. And just let them fly down the river or flow down the river as <laughs> fly, but still. And, you know, let them overpopulate again. I'm pretty positive there's a way to do that. You know, that way the fish are adapted to that water temperature. Uh, they're able to be able to maintain the oxygen or whatever that's in the water for them to be able to sink through it, sink through it. You know, you can build a little, uh, I don't know how many areas of feet you would need to hatch a whole bunch of little baby um, salmon or whatever. But yeah, you know how you get those boards, they got the holes in them. Little, uh, you need to, I don't know if it's like uh, formica or some kind of plastic or or fiberglass type of thing, and you know you got little holes in it, and you're able to put it in the, the cage or or not keep it in the river, and be able to let these fish you know populate in it, and then after a while, a certain amount of time, however much time it takes to grow these things and just release them down the river and let them uh, populate. And that's just the idea now, I'm not a rocket scientist. I know you might go, oh, Shelby, you don't sound like you're too sure, you know what you're talking about. No, I really don't. But I, I'm just thinking about the way I would, most likely would try to uh, have a hatchery of fish. It would be a place to make the hatchery and I would say it would have to be in the riverbed itself a way to be able to make the fish you know be able to live and continue to live at the same time be able to you know move on and continue
continue to make more somewhere else in the world. And the riverbed seems the most logical. It's like almost having a dam that has water flowing through it, but the fish stay within it. And at a certain time, you take the the lid off the or the you pull the whole structure up, and the fish are able to swim free. You know, and the time wise, there you know, there's fish already becoming alive and they're swimming out already. But the ones that you know stay secure, just you know, they let them go after a while. And it could actually happen. It makes sense. And there's probably people that already created something similar. So that species, the fish species, you know, because, you know, tons of people around the world, there's tons of tuna getting eaten up, there's all kinds of things. And I know I talked about fishing boats in a couple episodes back, but still I believe this could be uh, something that could be preserved to grow things. But when going back to what I'm saying about, you know, species being eliminated and talking about, um, uh, dang it, <laughs> oh, well, I'm talking about species that are going extinct, and certain species that are going extinct need to be preserved, especially plant species, you know, I'm not going to overlook uh, life, even though it doesn't talk or move about in a certain, a certain way, you think it's a, uh, inanimate object, but they grow. Now, without plants, a lot of things that we have to eat, we wouldn't be able to eat. We wouldn't have a flower, we wouldn't have no wheat, we wouldn't have no, I mean, flour and wheat's the biggest thing because, hey, that's where we get bread and all this stuff, man. And, you know, we're going to have apples and fruits and vegetables and things. Every creature on this planet needs to eat. And so, we need to preserve these, all these plant species and bring them to a certain level of, uh, you know, and there's, you know, mutated plant species because plants are steadily experimented on. Some of our vegetables and things have been experimented on to a point where their natural uh, preservatives and things that were in them are no longer there. And we just eat them out of habit, like corn, for instance. Corn doesn't really look the way it's supposed to look, you know, when it was, the natural corn looks like wheat, okay, real natural corn, not the stuff with the big ears that we got, the corn and the the kernels and all that crap or whatever you want to call it, okay, the ears or whatever, that's the mutated corn, that's the mutated corn we all got used to, and as we all know, it doesn't really digest, it just flows through your system. It comes out the other end, and I don't know if that makes it so saying, hey, now your system's clean, because corn ran through it, <laughs> I have no idea, but preserving a natural uh, strand it comes from in DNA, you know, it makes a hell of a lot of sense, and trying to make, preserve a lot of forms of, uh, certain things that we need from plants, like the certain bacteria that are positive anyway, and certain types of tree barks and all kinds of stuff. We will not exist without these things. Maples, maple trees, apple trees and vegetables, even fruit trees pretty much, and you know, then all things would come under the ground with vegetables and nuts and things like that. You know, we all these things need to be preserved. And we need to find a way to 
grow them in abundance and quick and fast so that way they will never be a food source that is not there we will have an unlimited food source we can figure this all out and that's why farm life might be beneficial for some people who choose not to live in uh, a real society in the way that most people do I also believe that a species that's worth surviving worth growing more of is like you know buffaloes, deers, elks because well I mean they do it already in the wild the elks and the you know whatnot, but you know we almost lost a buffalo species, and that's a that's a good example of humans trying to save and preserve another species from extinction. The buffaloes are almost wiped out, completely wiped out. When I was a kid, they'd be like, "Oh, that species is almost extinct," and then they had the numbers, and my little nerdy butt would sit there and write the numbers down and be like, "Oh, holy crap! There's only uh, four thousand species left, or whatever," you know. And I write down, you know, only 4,000 of the, the breed of buffalo left. And there were certain, there's certain breeds, there's not just one type of buffalo, believe it or not. Bison, as I call them. But, um, the whole thing is I was sitting there monitoring the, the numbers decline of the species. And then all of a sudden the numbers started picking up. And then lately, you know, over the years they started selling buffalo meat. Which is something that's totally different because it tastes fucking good. <laughs> you know, people say you gotta cook it this way, but it tastes really good. And for those of you guys ain't ever ate lamb, lamb tastes pretty damn good. And pretty well, that's why it's all over the Bible, besides the fact that it has a spiritual significance. Uh, and it tastes really damn good. And I'm just gonna say, just that something needs to be done to preserve these species as well, even though and for food and stuff we need to limit the amount of meat that's going out and more about what vegetables, we just need to eliminate some of this consumption that people are having and try to preserve the natural order of things and that's the best way I can think about talking about it really is trying to find a way to eliminate, eliminate certain things or certain groups of uh, places that's making these things need to be slowed down a bit. Yeah, there's probably, I don't know, three billion people in America, I don't know, maybe less, you know, but something needs to be done to slow this process down so we can, you know, repopulate the world with most of these animal species. No, what I was saying before a break was that Noah was the only person in the world was going to be destroyed and that he gathered all the animals and that's the thing. Think about what I'm saying. The world's about to be destroyed now. I mean, look at how the government's stupid and how society just fights with each other over dumb stuff and humans being confused on their sex and humans being confused on so many different things, fight, argue, bicker judgmental things, and killings, murder, rapes, uh, child molestation, all this crazy evil running around the world. So, yeah, God might step up soon, real soon, and destroy this planet. 
One of the things that preserved the planet before was trying to protect the animals, and I believe this is what needs to happen now. And so, I, you know, judge me however you want. You know, I'm going by the old code. And I just say that we need to find a species that's dying off, but yet has a good number, a good amount that might be able to survive and repopulate. Okay? And we need to help that species continue to populate you know, before that species dies off, we don't want it to die off and then I'll get close to dying off and say we never had a chance. We want that species to have a certain number, so let's say there's like, oh, well, let's just for example say there's like 2,000 left of some kind of species. The majority of the species is male, and there's not too many females or whatever. We need to find a way to preserve as many females as possible and make sure that all the males be able to obtain that female. I know it sounds weird, but this is how genetics works. And you know, some strands after a while will die off. It's the same genetic code happening. So it's time to sit back and try to figure out how to make that code expand to make these lifespans of these creatures expand to the future and beyond to, you know, ancestors, we will bar, I say, descendants, you know, like 200 years later, you know, they still know what that species is, they still know what it looks like, they still see it walking down the street, okay, besides, you know, all I'm saying is when you get this species, whatever it's 2,000 or 1,000 left of the species, then the whole, whatever it is that we're doing as humans, that's wiping the species out, needs to be eliminated at that moment, at that time. So you can try to repopulate the species to let it grow stronger and be able to move on. Now, I'm not going to jump off the track so far to where I'm not going to go back to horses. I'm going back to horses because... Horses are very significant. You know, look at what's going on right now. Now listen, I'm going to bring out the whole thing with Bernie Sanders, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, and Joe Biden. They're all planning this Green New Deal. The Green New Deal thing has to do with eliminating all uh, gas-powered cars and, you know, diesel fuel, whatever, and putting in electric vehicles. These electric vehicles, you know, they look cool or whatever. Some of them are tiny. They're too tiny for my big ass to fit in. So, with that being said, I'm not thinking about an electric car, whether a muscle car or a monster truck or something cool, you know. But, you know, it all comes down to size and fuck this stupid thing with the, you know, when people come up with these weird phrases, oh, you get a car and it's, you know, you're trying to represent his dick or something stupid. No, I can't fit no damn uh, Lex, uh, what do you call it, freaking, you know, just tiny little sobs or, or freaking Porsches and crap like that, it can't fit in that nonsense, you know, that no Lamborghinis, it can't fit in it, it's too tiny, it's made for tiny people, you know, I'm a big dude, big man need big cars, so, whatever, you keep your weird, made up, nonsense, cultural made up, uh, scenarios, or should I say, slang and riddles to yourself, because that's stupid, who the hell cares about their penis size when you're trying to drive down the road, <laughs> so, all I'm saying is, you get rid of all the gas-powered cars, and you get these electric cars that cost way more, 
because we made of electric and electricity and stuff, and you're going to need a horse. And the reason why I said it is because of the way things are going with natural disasters and inflation and just downright how we're being turned against, you know, people are turning their back on us as Americans, I mean, people, period. Because the government's willing to do all kinds of things without letting the people really know what's really going on. And with that being said, if you got rid of all these cars, and then you have a national blackout, where all electricity is, is pretty much just, you know, gone, then no one's going to be able to escape, no one's going to be able to drive away, they're all going to be stuck, they're going to be stuck, because they kept, they gave rid, got rid of their gas power, diesel cars, whatever, to drive these electrical cars that don't have enough room, and that means more electricity, if there's no electricity around, then it's not going to run that long, you can try to make it solar power, power uh, car if you want, maybe that'll work. But to what? To how long? Because you still have to store the energy. And so, horses are going to need, be needed when this time comes. And it will come, people. There will, well, be, jump, jump. there will be a time when our power is going to go out. We don't have no energy at all. We won't have no gas heating in our apartments or houses. And we're going to need to find sources for heat. But right now, we're not going to talk about that. We're talking about the whole energy and car thing. We're going to need horses because there's going to be a time when all that's going to be cut off and eliminated. If the society can be taken advantage of by government at any time when they can pick and choose what they want to take from us, then they will take our vehicles, our energy from us, and we were going to need something that can get us around. So I'm sorry, horses are going to have to come back and they're going to have to survive along with every other species that are being eliminated and wiped out and controlled by humans that are wicked with greed and power and trying to obtain the world. So I don't care if you're from PETA, I don't care if you're from Greenpeace or just a regular guy sitting around listening or a woman that said, hey, Shelby's got a sexy voice. I like listening to this guy. Think about what I'm saying. Think about trying to preserve and help out the other species. Humankind is meant to take care of every species on this planet. We are the guardians of these animals and these plants. That's what man and woman were made for originally. Come back together. Wake up. And let's try to take care of our Earth, our planet, the only home that all of us know, regardless of race, size, religious creed, or, you know, what legion we follow. We have to come together as one to take back our natural jobs and orders and things. And get rid of the sick obsession of trying to have power. Anyway, this is Shelby Lee Kyles. I'm going to sign off now. And hopefully I made you think a little bit about some of these things. Uh, you can message me if you want. Um, you know, Instagram. You know, SLK Universe. So, peace be with you all.
blessings upon you and keep your faith alive. Peace be with you all and blessings upon you. And good night or good day. Thank you.